3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, it would be greatly appreciated. You could do so at 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Well, um, Aaron Rodgers did not do what we wanted him to do, so we're continuing on. Just continuing on, man. It's all you can do at this point. Just living one day at a time. We do have a couple new callers. We will start with that. And it uh, looks like Jake from Oshkosh. right
2: hey Ryan. My name's Jake from Oshkosh. What's on? Um, Love the show. Listen every day. Thank you. Um, don't know if you remember me. Um, you and I talked about civilization at one point a couple of years ago. Heck how much we're you. totally big fans. and um, It was just cool that you know we had so much of gum. And, um, <laughs> Wondering, I listened to a podcast that Jason Wilde was on, and boy, he thought that Aaron Rodgers might be able to take the Derek Carr away now and use, use that to make the Packers release him so the Packers don't get any draft capital. What do you think about that? You think he might do that as we're coming up on the free agency date that, um, that, that he might force, force the Packers' hands and uh, we don't get anything? Um, let me know what you think. Thanks. Love the
3: podcast. Talk to you later. My instant reaction is what the heck are you guys talking about? It's, it's funny though, because it's just colliding. So I don't think I'm going to do like a podcast podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow's podcast will be Packernet after dark for a couple of reasons. we got to get caught up and there's a lot of things that I want to talk about. And I have a feeling you guys will allow me to bring that out. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting, because obviously big, massive swing and a miss, and I apologize, I told you I was like 75% sure that the announcement was coming today on Pat McAfee, that didn't happen. So um, then I got to thinking, I forgot who said it, but they were talking about his contract and how he has that, that big um, salary thing that's due on the, his bonus, is due in three days, and I, I thought to myself, oh, maybe that's the date. Maybe it's not free agency. That's the deadline. I had never considered this, and I don't know if this is exactly the path that that Will D was talking about or whatever, but the question of would Rodgers run this out just to stick it to the Packers, and and, and it looks like now that there's a, I'm looking at breaking news right now, that's not the case, but I want to kind of finish this thought because I think it's interesting. What would the Packers do? Actually, you know what? That's not even true, is it? Now that I think about it, that bonus is due between the 17th and the start of the season. So never mind. That's not even a deadline. But anyways, the point is um, they they can't cut him financially. That's not an option. It's either trade or um, or he retires. So I would think if it ever became a problem, like if the 17th was officially a deadline, which it's, I forgot it's not. And I don't exactly know how that works in terms of when they pull the lever, but I guess that's just it's in the contract that we have to do this between this time, and they get to decide on their own when that is, and they just wouldn't pay it but so that's not the deadline. It has to be free agency, which anyways, if I haven't said it yet the the announcement that I'm sure you've all seen one p m tomorrow, Eastern time, which is central time noon, figure it out the conversion for the rest of you heathens, which is three hours prior to the start of free agency, by the way. I I, Listen, I understand there's like stuff that's got to happen and conversations that need to happen, but do we really think it's a coincidence that this ran right up to the start of free agency? Is that what we're supposed to believe? I don't usually buy into the, like, everything Rodgers does is petty, this, that, or the other, but they gave him a deadline. I need an answer by this date. And the announcement's going to happen three hours prior to the start of free agency, which, by the way, of course, is after the start of free agency. Listen, at this point, I, I really don't care. We're going to get what we get from the Jets and Rodgers and whoever's going over there and we'll see who's coming over here and we'll see what picks we get and then we move on, right? I just want to know what our cap situation is because we don't know, despite people on Twitter trying to argue with me that... Because God forbid anything that happens is negative that involves Aaron Rodgers because it's just, it's just impossible in this world that... Something negative has happened that was caused by Aaron Rodgers. We just have to defend every stupid thing. No, we we know exactly what the salary cap is, so we can do whatever we want in free agency. Okay, well, I don't know what the salary cap is post-trade. If somebody can give me an exact number, I'd love to see it, and I will match it up to what it actually is. And I would bet you a lot of money you're going to be very wrong about it. And then talking, well, the Packers weren't going to do anything anyway. Really? Because Gutekunst said that they were going to try to go after somebody if they saw somebody that they thought was a good fit for the team. So it sounds to me like Gutekunst maybe would be willing to do something. It's funny, the same people who say the cap is fake and we can do whatever we want with the cap are suddenly like cap purists. Like, well, we don't have the money for that. (laughs) okay. So, anyways, no, they're not going to cut the guy. They can't cut him for financial reasons. If he decided he was just going to delay this thing, then it would just be delayed for as long as it takes because they don't have to pay it until the very first week. Which, by the way, very smart on the Packers' part. It's funny how much nuance there is in all these contracts. If they didn't put that in there, if Russ Ball did not put that in there, that it needs to be exercised between March 17th and the first week, we would be kind of potentially screwed. So to to like see every single little detail in these things, to make sure that they're not stuck, is I think more the brilliance of these guys than being able to you know, restructure contracts. I think I could do that. Every pretty much contract layman could kind of figure that out. Like, I don't know, like, we'll just take a chunk of this money and put it over here and spread it out evenly. Like, oh, wow, that was tough. That was some wicked fourth grade math right there. But again, if he decided to write it out, he would write it out until the start of the season, which Rogers obviously has no interest in doing. So um, anyways, I don't know if exactly that was what was discussed, but uh, no, I don't think that that would be an option that would ever happen.
0: Hey, Ryan, just finished listening to your podcast.
3: By the way, my apologies. I'm just going on autopilot mode. I'm not supposed to be playing this one next. I was just going to the next call. There is a new caller I was supposed to do. We'll get to that after this since we just started it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a mess, man. Yes, from last night. Hey. And uh,
0: just had to let you know, everything Jersey Mike said, thought on. I lived in Jersey for about 15 years.
4: Okay. Uh, I think
0: a little bit more. And, yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't have possibly described it any better. Good um, myth that uh, there is a Vince Lombardi rest stop pretty close to, to Newark Airport, actually, between Newark and New York. Um, and I guess Vince's body is buried somewhere in New Jersey as well. I always oh. wanted to go and find that grave, but never never actually made it before I moved out of there. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that we were talking about pizza, too, and New York style pizza and blah, blah, blah. Hey, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. You know, I, I love Wisconsin pizza. I love Chicago pizza.
3: I will say I grew up in Chicago. I do not like Wisconsin pizza. There Now, there there is there are a couple places that I've had that are, now that I think about it, there's two places in the New Berlin area. We used to get pizza. Maybe it's just a nostalgia thing. We get pizza at grandma's house. Uh, uh, I'll I'll try to get the names. I know one of them is Crossroads. Just a tiny little place. They got great ham and rolls. The pizza there is freaking amazing. But anyways, um, generally speaking, the pizza is just like it's just whatever. It's not to my in my opinion. And and you know I have no regard for Illinois Chicago whatsoever. I don't like it. I fled it. If I had the ability to call it all trash, I would. Chicago style hot dogs are dope. Even though I do them wrong because I don't like any of the ingredients on them. But those all beefs in the in those uh, sesame, not sesame seed, what the heck are those seeds? The black ones, whatever. I Dude, I, I would go, I'm not kidding you. I would go to Portillo's. See, and here's the thing too, just so you know. I eat more than a lot of people generally. But then you also have to figure that I don't put all the other stuff on it. So other people, they'll get a hot dog and it's got onions, it's got pickles, it's got all this stuff. I just get a dog and a bun. So I'll go to Portillo's and be like, yeah, I'm going to get like five plain hot dogs. And people are like, what? I'm like, dude, just shut up. All right. And then I throw down five hot dogs. It's the same like when I go out and get burritos or whatever. I don't have 600 degrees. It's like, give me some rice and meat and cheese and then a little bit of hot sauce. And so, yeah, I'm going to get two. So shut up. Anyways, didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just saying. Illinois, in my opinion, Chicago, several steps above um, Wisconsin pizza generally. Um
0: I guess to love New York pizza too. It's it's all different, but right. the the big thing about being in New York, it's not the New York style pizza. And really, I, I guess you know I'm looking at Jersey, but there's just all these little pizza places everywhere that have all their own styles and all their own little things that they do. and
3: yeah.
0: I and mean, there there is some absolutely amazing pizzas there, um, but I still eat Giordano's over any of them. Yeah. So, yeah. All right.
3: Love Giordano's. Yeah fantastic. It's funny because uh, when we were in Madison, our favorite pizza place was uh, Rosati's, which is a Chicago style pizza place. And it's not even like, I don't think it would be one of the top as far as Chicago style pizza places, but it's still like we, we went there one time, my wife and I and ate it. And she's like, this is, it's just so much better than any other pizza place in the area. I will say this too, though, having not had, and, and that's the thing, like I'm, I'm almost nervous. Cause I feel like I'd go there Like I'd hang out with Jersey Mike and some other people from the area and they'd be like, dude, you got to try this This is the best pie in New York. And I'm just going to eat it and be like, dude, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I'm sorry, you know, and just like insult the living crap out of everybody. I mean, I I probably wouldn't say that because it's going to be delicious pizza, but it's, I I just, I feel like I would eat it and just be like, I don't know, dude, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's pizza. I will say this though, definitively, um, for my wife, I don't know if it was birthday or whatever, this is a, a couple of years ago, I wanted to do something super fancy. So I found, I looked up, because her her thing is cheese cheesecake, loves cheese. I mean, who doesn't love cheesecake? But that's that's big time her thing. And so I looked up, what is the best cheesecake in the freaking world? And you know, there's multiple websites, and you kind of find the, the one place that keeps popping up. It's like number one, number one, number four, number three, number two, number one that's the one like everybody acknowledges it's a top five cheesecake place it was in new york i don't remember what it was called i got them to ship out because they they deliver they shipped out a new york an, an authentic new york style cheesecake it came out i was so excited like i told her i like it was a big surprise like i got you the best it was like probably cost me like $120 or something. It was a ridiculous price for a cheesecake because uh, it was on Gold Belly, which is amazing by the way, because they send you stuff from all over the, the country or world or whatever from these fancy places, but it is not cheap to do it. Anyways, it's like the second time I've mentioned them in like two days. I should see if they want to be an advertiser on the show because I will happily do it. And by the way, I don't need money. Just send me a bunch of food. Give me, give me gift cards, me and, me and the boys some gift cards. Um, I'll be honest, man, it was trash. It was it was like the worst cheesecake I think I've ever had. And I don't know if I've ever had bad cheesecake before. And you gotta understand, like, I don't know if it's if it's a regional thing or what, but cheesecake out here is dense and it's rich and it punches you in the face. And then you know, like cheesecake factory cheesecake is too much for me. Like I, I can barely eat a whole one because it's so rich and it's so freaking sweet. Again, Chicago, Eli's, second best cheesecake I've ever had is Eli's cheesecake. Real good, dense, rich, flavorful, delicious, silky cheesecake. Best cheesecake I've ever had in my life is uh, from Simma's. It's next level. I mean, there's, there's nothing on this planet that touches Simma's cheesecake. It's delicious, rich cheesecake with like a thin raspberry and then a chocolate thing over the top. Ganache or whatever you call it. I don't know. We had it at our wedding. Dude. Next level. But this New York stuff, there's no flavor. It's like kind of bland and it leaves like a uh taste in your mouth when you're done i was so disappointed i was so excited like dude this is it this is the this is the apex of cheesecake and it's just it's it was weird it had a weird texture almost like uh i don't want to say cottage cheese but kinda and it just i don't know dude it was it was pretty upsetting I, i'm not happy with new york that was a. I don't care what you say that cheesecake sucks it's like it's it's and that's the thing, they they take I watched a video on it. It's like it's super airy and it's super fluffy and it's super light, but it just it it just doesn't have flavor and I did not enjoy it. So New York style cheesecake can shove it forever. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. Today is a free advertising day, by the way. <laughs> cheesecake Factory, Simma's. Cheesecake Factory is dope, by the way. I don't mean any disrespect. If you guys want to send me a cheesecake, I'll happily take it. You guys rock a cheesecake. I'm just saying it's so rich, it's hard to get through a whole one. Although that cream they give you, my wife thinks it's horrible because it's like, why would you put that on there? Because you need it to kind of like tame it down a little bit. Does wonders. Anyways, um, all right, new caller. My apologies. I'm getting this all wrong here.
2: Hey, Brian. This is Luke. Hey, Luke. Um, I was sitting here at the office and got the breaking newscast here that. Rogers is trying to take our entire starting receiving core over yeah. with them over to the Jets yep. and add OBJ with them. So I was sitting here thinking, oh man, that's, that's rough. Wait a minute. Why, why is he doing that? So did a little digging here for a second. PFF has Green Bay's O line ranked third at the end of last season. Now I don't have a PFF account, so I couldn't go digging, but Pro Football Network has the Jets ranked at 29th and some other place, as I looked, uh, 26. So somewhere in the low the low 20s, mid-30s on their offensive line rating. So he wants to take Cobb, who had 34 receptions, one touchdown, and 400 yards, third lowest in both categories in his entire career, coming off of two surgeries. Alan Lazard, who is 700 yards this year, and Mercedes Lewis, Put them behind the 30th ranked offensive line, yeah, and recreate the Packers offense in New York. Yeah, what and hope Hotel is better? I guess is the thought there. Here's a couple numbers for you for the Packers offensive line, or their uh, passing ranking last season. They were number 18th, number 17th, number 17th, number 18th, number 17th, and number 11th across points per game, yardage, just mid-tier all across the board. The only thing that they ranked top 10 in was how many sacks our quarterbacks took (laughs) last season. And they want to put that offense behind a worse offensive line and add OBJ and hope it works out. I don't know what the thought process is there, but it allows us to completely rebuild behind the new receivers. I'm actually kind of okay with it. You can take our starting lineup last year and let us start with our new receivers and let the rookies play. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. So, yeah, as you said, I'm I'm on PFF, um, and I'm actually kind of surprised by this. I had to check the season. Like, is this 2022? Pass blocking, Green Bay Packers ranked third, the uh, New York Jets ranked 30th. Run blocking, the Green Bay Packers ranked second, the Jets ranked 24th. So... (laughs) I mean, if, if you want to recreate what you had in Green Bay, except your offensive line sucks, I mean, congrats on finally getting the defense you always wanted, maybe. But uh, look, I mean, I, I've i said it before. Every quarterback, their play is, is dependent on how good their offensive line blocks for them, right? Um, every quarterback, for example, like, like I said, it's a blend. If If you have a 90-pass blocking grade when you're clean and a 40-pass blocking grade when you're under pressure... Well, if you're under pressure 0% of the time, what's your grade going to be? It's going to be 90. If you're under pressure 100% of the time, it's going to be a 40. Where How much pressure there is on that sliding scale in between is going to directly impact your grade, right? If it's 50%, it'll be right in the middle, right? So if he's going from a, let's say, he, what did he have, like a 70 grade on PFF with the third ranked pass blocking unit? What's his grade going to be? healed thumb and all if he's under pressure a decent sum in fact let's take a look at some of the information here if we look at Aaron Rodgers he had an 84.6 grade when he was in a clean pocket he had a 56 grade when he was under pressure he uh had a 47% completion rate 680 yards four touchdowns and four interceptions while he was under pressure 56 grade now because he was under pressure Only 26% of the time, 73.3% of the time he was in a clean pocket, that came out to be a 77.5 grade. Well, let's take a look at our boy, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was under pressure 60% of the time. Excuse me, he was under pressure 40% of the time. He was clean 60% of the time. That would have been super crazy. But that is a massive difference. Zach Wilson's grade, while kept clean, was a 736 under pressure was a 23. So he's not a terrible quarterback when he's not under pressure. I mean, it's not great, but it's better than a lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, we know Zach Wilson is just by far the worst in football. He's better than Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Taylor Heineke, Mitch Trubisky, Skylar Thompson, Joe Flacco, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, and Tyler Huntley. It's not terrible, but you factor in that he's under pressure a massive amount of the time, and he is horrific under pressure. And yeah, you get a terrible combination. But the problem is Aaron Rodgers isn't very good under pressure either. And so when his pressure, and it's probably not going to go quite as high because I think uh, Zach has an issue with holding onto the ball too long, but when it goes from clean pocket at 73% down to 60%, or even 65% or whatever it is, it's going to hurt. Rodgers 56% grade under pressure ranks 14th, which again is not the worst, but it's not the best. But again, Josh Allen, 86 while under pressure. Anyways, again, it's not just where he ranks in terms of all these things. It's the fact that he's going to be doing this more often. He's going to see pressure more often. And necessarily that's going to mean he's going to be a worse quarterback. And so, I mean, it's, it's really going to be a challenge, especially with Rogers now saying, I want all the same guys out there it's hard to draw a scenario in which he becomes MVP Rodgers again. The only angle is, you know, what are the two things he had last year that he didn't have this? Well, it's more than two things, but broken thumb and and Hackett. Now, he also had Lafleur and Devontae by last year. I mean, you know, two years ago, whatever. The year prior to the one we just watched. And so, I listen, I don't know how much Lazard and uh, Randall Cobb Assuming that even gets done, I think Lazard is done. Randall isn't. I don't know. I, I, there's so much stuff going on right now on top of me trying to record a podcast. Um, but I, I, again, so you've got your same receivers, you got the same offensive coordinator, you're the same quarterback that was playing for the Green Bay Packers last year. You have a somewhat unfamiliar offense, despite the fact that I'm sure you're going to, uh, do whatever you want, anyways. So it's going to be kind of the same offense. Um, I I I I and and then there's more pressure with a bunch of guys that you're not familiar with, right? Which is again, why th- this is the crazy I I dude I'll be honest, I'm 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 I shouldn't say anything rude because Aaron Rodgers is a great dude, been a great quarterback, all that stuff, but this whole process has made me really realize that I'm so happy that this is happening. Watch what's going on with the Jets is like I'm so glad that's not our problem anymore. The guy is going to the Jets and and the only thing they have is some really promising weapons like Garrett Wilson. But what do we know about Rodgers? He doesn't like guys he's not familiar with. He doesn't like young guys, right? He's inexperienced. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I like. I don't care that he can run routes well. That's not the point. When I say something at the line, can you do it? Garrett Wilson can't, but Alan Lazard can. So he wants Lazard. He wants Cobb. He wants his offense, not whatever offense is is best. And that's what's going to run over there. And he wants Mercedes Lewis because Mercedes Lewis, knows, it doesn't matter that they have better tight ends and better wide receivers than what the Packers have, than, than Lazard and Cobb. That doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. Just like it was irrelevant that Dobbs and, and Watson were better than Lazard and everybody else, but Rodgers would prefer those guys anyways. He wants his guys. Why? They're not good. Because it's not about being good, it's about I want what I want. I want to run my offense, my system, my way, and these guys can make sure that I can happen. I got Hackett that's going to call the right plays and understand to shut his mouth when he needs to shut his mouth, and we know how to work on all this stuff And me getting whatever I want, and it's all about Rodgers just getting whatever he wants, and it's it's like I'm watching this, and I'm just thinking the poor Jets, man. And I shouldn't even say that. You bunch of freaking suckers. Are you kidding me? Gutekunst ran us into a freaking brick wall, man. We shouldn't get anything out of this. There's no team on planet Earth that should agree to any of this. Are you kidding me? $60 million for one year of Aaron Rodgers, who didn't play very well at quarterback, and you have to bring his same receivers and and screw all the guys that you already have that are talented. By the way, Rodgers is going to play in an unfamiliar environment behind an inferior offensive line, with running backs that don't know him and he doesn't know them, with tight ends that don't know him and he doesn't know them, with wide receivers that don't know uh, him and he doesn't know them, with the exception of the receivers he's bringing over that are not good at football. This is a freaking disaster waiting to happen. This is a disaster. What about this is good? You're right. This is a garbage offensive line. It's terrible. The only thing that they've done that's good is invest really high in this one guy that they apparently want to get rid of because he's lazy and doesn't do his job and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I just saw uh, Taush posted uh, Packers preseason game with the Jets this year is going to be the most interesting preseason game of all time. That is crazy. Dang, that's going to be wild. But anyways, yeah, I, I, I've i just completely flipped on this. I, I When I first was looking, at, I was like, dang, man, you know, they they got some stuff over there with the Jets and... Can maybe make something happen? And the more I look at it, it's like, dude, the Jets are a complete freaking disaster. They're a joke always. They always find a way to suck. And then you look at it, and it's like, this whole Rodgers thing is an absolute clown show. It's a complete freaking clown show. And it's honestly what we've been going through for a while. But it's under the guise of like, well, it's a really respectable program, and they're really good. And Rodgers is an MVP and all this stuff. And it's a little weird with the Randall Cobb thing or whatever. But it's no big deal. But you look at it now, and it's like, no, it's just a pure... It's a clown organization putting on a clown show with Rodgers, who's being a clown, with this whole, the, the Randall Cobb-Lazard thing is such a joke, man. I mean, it's such an, un- how can we sit here with a straight face and go, oh, yeah, no, that"? I saw him debating that on, on a show. They were talking about how it's oh it's really good, because then they can like teach the young guys, like, yeah, we've heard that before, right? Oh, yeah, they're, they're going to be mentors to the young guys, right? I'm sure they won't be playing, they'll just be coaching, right? Give me a break. They're going to be taking snaps away from guys that are better than them. Rogers is going to be feeding the ball to these guys. He's going to be calling uh, uh, a go route to Alan Lazard from fourth and one, and he's going to try to fit that perfect ball down the sideline. I mean, this this is such a. Uh, Rogers is a better quarterback than uh, Zach Wilson. That's true, but this is it's, I don't know I don't know how else to say it. But a clown show. This is it's it's a freaking sitcom. And I cannot believe they're actually doing this. We shouldn't be getting anything. By the way, somebody just dropped a little knowledge on me saying that this contract needs to be renegotiated. I don't know if any of this is true. I haven't verified, but I find it interesting. Needs to be renegotiated before he can be traded or restructured or whatever. And that can't be done until one year after he signed it. Again, didn't let me ask my robot if that's true. Let's see if it knows. According to the robot, he's full of crap. No NFL players do not have to wait a year after signing a deal to restructure it. Restructuring a contract to come away for... Uh, players base salary on signing bonus and spread put it over several years. There are different types of restructuring, such as simple restructure, max restructures, but they do not require a waiting period after signing. However, restructuring can also have some drawbacks, blah, 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 blah. What if restructure is not the right word? I think that's the only word. I don't know, man. Robot says he's a liar. Let me ask my other robot. Says, no, NFL players do not have to wait one year after signing a deal to restructure the deal. The NFL Collective Bargaining Agreement says that the team and player may negotiate the terms of a contract at any time as long as both parties agree. Anyways, we should probably get to some other callers here. We got a lot to get through, but I appreciate the call. And yes, the offensive line is a problem, and I think that that's going to affect Rodgers on top of everything else. I mean, this this whole thing is is wild and crazy. We'll see how it all un, unfolds, and we'll let Rodgers and the team speak. I'm sure there's all—you know, when, when all this stuff gets spun up, A lot of things get said that are not necessarily true. So we'll see, uh, you know, as far as the whole list of demands and everything else, what Rodgers and the teams have to say about that. But everything we're hearing so far makes this sound like a freaking clown show. I I will repeat myself. But he did sign his contract on March 15th, 2022. I did look that up. So that would be tomorrow would be one year. So that's, uh, that's a good find, if nothing else. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, let's sneak one more in here before the break. Um, That was it for the new caller. So let's go to Steve up in the AK
1: yeah, it's Stephen. Last guy, I got a, I got a complaint oh, about no. those whole Aaron Rodgers thing. It, oh, no. It's been bugging me little by little, and it's it's finally kind of come to the top of my head here. You know, I think everybody out there listening to this and listening to your show, yourself included, or consider themselves average working type class guys. We're not super rich, and you know, we don't have people catering to us well, and, yeah. and bringing us our paper and, and breakfast in the morning while we sit on our balconies. I don't understand the, the amount of time that Rodgers is getting in. Why everybody is like really, really being much more upset about this amount of time. If if you were talking to your bosses about a new job or, you know, discussing and deciding on moving to another job, are you getting two months? Did he
3: had two months. It is funny how we set up a whole different network of rules for Aaron Rodgers and for football players than we do for ourselves, isn't it? I mean, it really just goes to show how much we idolize these people. We, we see them as better than us, which is kind of embarrassing. I mean, it, like you said, I mean, th- this is not how things work in the real world. And if you wouldn't allow this for your employees if you ran a business, and if you know your boss wouldn't allow you to do this, in fact, you wouldn't even consider it because you would realize that it would be completely rude to, uh, to do something like this. Why is it we're like, oh, come on. Let the man, it's a a big life decision, let the man make his decision. It is a big decision, but lots of people have to make big decisions. You know? I mean, uh, not to get too heavy here, but there are people who have to make decisions about life support for their loved ones. And they don't sit around for two and a half months saying, yeah, let me think about it. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, we... I I understand saying, like, give him some time to figure it out. It's a big decision. That's fine. But to take that to the extreme of how dare you expect him to make a decision. Look, we all have to make decisions, man. And there are timelines and there are all these things. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know why we, myself included, um, set up different rules for other people than us, other than to say that we know that they are a higher... um, a higher plane of being than we are, which is again, just kind of cringy and weird. Like, no, you're, you're not, you're not, you're, you make more money than me and you're more talented than me as far as, especially as far as athletics and Aaron Rodgers are probably smarter than me. Seems like a smart guy. Um, he's not better looking than me. That's for sure. I, what is with the, the Aaron Rodgers is a good looking guy. I think he's kind of a weird looking guy. Let's be honest. I mean, he's in shape and he's not a bad looking guy, but he's a little goofy looking and he? he got kind of a, kind of a you know, well, whatever. Um, but anyways, <laughs> that was a weird little thing there. But yeah, why why do we do that? Why why do we set up different rules for athletes who have much easier lives, who make way more money than us? I mean, this is all just a luxury, right? It's it's oh do, do I dare come back and make $60 million to play a kid's game? And then he's like, give me two and a half months. And we're like, don't don't push him. This is a big decision. This is a major life decision. Really? Really? Does he have to choose, like, <laughs> to? does he have a split-second decision to decide whether or not he has to jump on a grenade to save him or save a room full of children? No, he has to decide whether he wants to get $60 million to play football again this year. Come on. But I think a lot of it just has to do with, you know, people getting angry at the notion that he has to leave in general. I, I somebody sent me a comment on Twitter like, "Oh yeah, just push him out the door," like what? What are you talking about? there's, there's the, the 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 weird thing to me is like the inverse of that, where that comment must have been coming from was from a place of, I want to hang on as long as possible. It's like this weird desperation. Like, don't go. Just give me another day of not making a decision so I can hang on. Like, dude, the decision is done. We just want to get it over with so we can move on. I need to know how much money we got, what kind of players we got. Like, if you're going to retire, do whatever, do whatever so that we know what to do, what's going on. This thing is done. So so to have this mentality of like, don't push him out the door is weird. Like, like, just give me, give me another moment of you being my quarterback. Like, don't rush it. Like, how dare you push this along? Like, that's such a weird. I was, I was almost like stunned by the comment. Like, I don't even know what to say to that. What, what are, what are you talking about? Push him out the door. Why, why do you want this to drag on? Just so that he gets to stay for the fun of it, or what, what are we talking about? Because it's too hard for you emotionally to handle. Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue.
1: You know what? What business is going to wait for you for two months to decide if you're going to move on or not move on? So I, I'm really thinking. You know, granted, okay, he's got the whole he's got the whole retirement option if he wants to take that option. But it's he's got to be gone from our team because if he was going to stay, we would have done something to make sure that this wasn't even a discussion anymore. Two months is just too long. I mean, last year it took him almost two months. So I, I don't. I don't understand. The whole I'm so important football player that I can take as much time as I want to make a decision, you know. Tom Brady did it relatively quick. Granted, yeah, they're talk about maybe he'll come back. Well, that's
3: your option, you know. It's, it's- and and the other thing is it's not just the the waiting thing; it's demanding that Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and all these guys go there. And again, he's he's blatantly saying I have earned the right to do these things, which is BS. It's absolute. And and the fact that Gutekunst went along with it is not okay. And the fact that the Jets are going along with it is not okay. But the fact that there are fans who are like, yeah, you are better than all of us. You are, you have earned all these things. You have earned the right to tell major organizations how to run. I mean, he's going to run the Jets. He's going to tell them. I mean, think about what this is going to do to their salary cap for, for probably three years. I don't know what the restructure is, but I know it's going to involve him still getting a bunch of money and the Jets having to pay that that bill. And I'm pretty sure it's only for one year because Rodgers made a comment about it only being one year when he was talking to Brandon Marshall. I, 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 I don't, I, even when he was with the Packers, I I don't, he still is, I guess, technically, but I never understood that. He's earned the right to be the GM. He's earned the right to be the coach. No, he hasn't. That's not a thing. You don't get promoted it's not like well I won MVP I get to be coach too now. That's that's fake. That's like some weird video game upgrade. You know, it's like I earned like 1000 XP, I get to be uh, I get coaching privileges now. Dude, that's not how any of this works. You don't get to be coach cuz you're not a coach. You don't know how to be a coach. You suck as a coach and you suck as a GM. Big time suck as a GM in fact. And I'm really sorry I'm ruining your whole call here Steve, but another thought I had. Think about this for a second. The Green Bay Packers, or or fans in particular, have been furious at the lack of investment at wide receiver, right? You know what's interesting to me? Aaron Rodgers has, again, guys over there already, A, a solid group of pass catchers in New York already. He wants his guys, though. He would rather have Lazard. He would rather have Randall Cobb. He would rather have Devontae. So in what universe... Would Brian Gutekunst bother drafting wide receivers when Aaron Rodgers insists on Randall Cobb, on Al Lazard, on all? I mean, these are his guys. Why would you invest in more? He doesn't want other guys. He doesn't want young guys. This idea that he, he insists on getting better wide. Are you kidding me? He has it in New York, and he doesn't want it. He wants his guys. He doesn't want the young guys. Everybody wants to blame all the Packers for all this stuff. If he was really upset about the lack of quality wide receivers, he would not be begging for Lazard and Randall Cobb to come along, or Mercedes Lewis for that, for that matter. And you know what's going to be really funny? As soon as he leaves, you know what the Packers are going to do? They're going to go big time into receivers. And you know what? Zero people are going to be talking about the reason they did it is because he's gone. Not out of spite, not because "ha ha, screw you, we did it now that you're gone, nanana boo boo." But because now we have a quarterback and a coach that wants to focus on young talent that isn't going to roll his eyes and go, "Oh, I have to retrain these idiots all over again to play like I want them to play." Nope. There's not two playbooks. There's one playbook. It's Matt Lafleur's playbook. They're going to learn it, and Jordan Love's going to love. Jordan Love's going to love it. And all these young guys are just going to be talented. And when they're talented, they get on the field, period. It's not about, yeah, he's talented, but he doesn't really know all my checks at the line. and all. No, stick it. It's got nothing to do with that. When I call a play, can you run the route? Yeah, can you run the route better? Jackson Smith and Jigba, can you run this route better than these other guys? Freaking A, I can. I'm the best route runner on this team. And, and if I call this play, you know what to do, right? Yes, I do. All right, go do it. Love, you know where he's going to be? Yep, I do. You guys been practicing because you showed up for training camp? Yes, I did. You've been working together uh, in the offseason and whatnot? Yes, we have. So you're ready for this, right? Week one, not like week 10? Yep, ready to rock and roll. Here we go. And there's probably, I, here's a prediction. They're not going to be pissing and moaning about these young idiots who don't know what they're doing, and they got to get their head out, and they're not living up to the standard. You're not going to hear that stuff anymore. Throwing everybody under the bus. I mean I I uh, I feel bad going in on Rodgers like the day before he's probably going to announce and there's going to be all this like kumbayams and it's 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 true he's been fantastic but just watching what he's doing with the Jets is infuriating me because it's really making me realize what he did here. It's just like this 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 thing, this creature that is like over the hill Rodgers and his stale crappy wide receivers that are there because Rodgers clings to his way of football and it has to be like we're going to play the McCarthy thing we're going to do and my I need my guys and my system and we're going to run it my way like he's he's trying to relive the 2010 Packers like he just like that's he's stuck in that he's like an old man with dementia who's stuck in this different time period and he can't let it go and we're we're rather than seeking help for this guy we're we're the Jets are going to pay money for this terrible I mean, it's it's such a slap in the face that he asked for these guys to come with. I mean, I'm happy. It's it's great. Lazard got a home, and he got a bunch of money. But, man, what a slap in the face. Because this whole thing is about the Jets are ready. They just need a quarterback. And Rogers is like, nah, screw your guys. We're doing it my way. It's going to be my scheme. Sala, shove it. I don't need your 49ers nonsense. You focus on the defense. I'll do the offense. Hackett's got my back. Right, Hack? Oh, yeah, whatever you say, Rogers. Yes, sir. Yep, see, that's why I'm here. Because he did that. That's the same thing he did in Denver, which is why Denver fell apart. Because he did whatever the quarterback wanted. They had a superstar quarterback. He said, I want my plays put in this playbook. And he said, yes, sir, whatever you want to do, sir. And that team sucked. And Rodgers is going to go to the Jets and say, we're bringing in my plays. Or, oh, yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir. And we're going to use my guys, right? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Here's the other thing. If Randall Cobb goes there, are they going to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba? Honest question. Are they going to? Would they, why would they bother? I don't know if he's going to, but why would they bother? Are they going to get a wide receiver with Alan Lazard there as their number two wide receiver? With Because I'm, I'm obviously joking about Garrett Wilson being benched, but what's it going to be? Wilson and Lazard and, and Cobb? Is that what we're doing? Is that the lineup? Are you going to draft a wide receiver? If Mercedes Lewis ends up going there, if, because there has been interest, are they going to draft a tight end? Would they draft Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer? Maybe. I mean, you know, oh yeah, you can coach him up or whatever, but it's going to be a wasted year. See what I'm saying? This is the same kind of problem. But it's not our problem anymore. And again, I just can't believe somebody's going to pay us for this. If any of us, if I retire tomorrow from
1: doing any kind of work, doesn't mean in a year or two years I don't go and find something else to do because I'm bored. You know, Most guys that retire from the NFL don't just sit at home and do nothing. They go and get a job. They still do something with themselves. So, you know, the, yeah, I think he's just dawdling, he's just milking this thing to enjoy himself, and and he's enjoying the process, uh, Rogers, that is, of of watching everybody else have to bounce around and talk about him and make him seem so important. Even the negative stuff, I bet you he loves that too because he's always kind of proven to be a guy that loves when the media bags on him. But um, that's all I got to say. I got to go to work. Got to go make some pizzas tonight. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye.
3: Yeah, dude. Can't wait to make some pizzas. I got some pizza dough coming from Jersey Mike. Man, I'm so excited. So excited. I, I hope I don't mess it up. He said there's uh ten ten doughs, ten doughs in there. This is how stupid I am. I don't even know what ten, 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 ten of the doughs that are in there. So uh by the tenth one, if I can't make a good pizza, then I guess I'm just useless. So, anyways, um I guess we won't let's just not take a break. I'll just throw an ad in there somewhere. Let's get to Trevor and Virginia. Hey Ryan, um uh-
4: I just want to point out people keep talking about how, you know, we've had two back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks yeah. in like 30 years since, you know, we haven't had a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame head quarterback. Now we're potentially going into unknown territory that we haven't seen in forever. And that's just not true. It has been a long time, but we went into this in 2008. When Rodgers was coming in, it was not this foregone right. conclusion that he was Pro Bowl Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, we, it, it was the same situation we're in now. Our great quarterback, Brett Favre, was leaving. We had this new guy coming in. He had promised, but nobody knew. Nobody knew. Everybody probably thought we were going to take a huge step back. They probably sucked. But instead, we got better. Um, and I'm not saying that means Jordan Wells is going to be the third iteration of that and that we're going to get better again, but it's still a possibility. And just a, it's it's hindsight bias looking back to say we haven't seen these times because we did see these times in the last transition. Um, so we're just in that same boat again.
3: So anyway, go back, go. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and we, we also saw a couple other things, and I think this is where a lot of the fear comes from and, and also a lot of the trash talk comes from. I mean, we, we saw days with uh, Brett Hundley. We saw games that included um, you, know, you know, the other guy, forgetting his name. And, and obviously the team went to zero, which is why a lot of people look at the Packers and they think that Rodgers has been propping this thing up because we had horrible, horrible, horrible quarterback play. And by the we had a lot of horrible stuff back then. We had some terrible defenses. So we, we, I mean, it was like an offensive line that could block for a guy that couldn't throw to our wide receivers. We had no tight end relief valve ever. We never really had any tight ends and we have no defense. So we lost football games. And it's like, well, without Rodgers, you can't win. It's like, nah, it's, that's completely fake. And again, I think we saw that last year because I think the Rodgers, the version of Rodgers we saw was what the Packers looked like with a mediocre quarterback because that's what he was. He was a mediocre quarterback. It's not great, but it's also not doom and gloom, worst team in the NFC North type of nonsense. If Jordan Love is, you know, the 13th best quarterback or whatever, there you go. He's Rodgers. But yeah, you're right. And and I think that entire narrative is just forgotten in general. The idea that it was just everybody knew Rodgers was going to be great. Everybody knew it. Comparing this to Jordan Love is ridiculous. Rodgers was this great elite whatever. When do we draft him? Like 24th? Basically the same spot as Love? Dude was the 24th pick. Looked like he was not good at football in the preseason. Terrible stats when he came in and played in the regular season, up until, what, year three, when all of a sudden it was like, ooh, something looks kind of special there, kind of sounds familiar. I don't know where I've heard that before. But anyways, it was like year three, all of a sudden it's like, dang, dude, this dude looks pretty good. Then he comes in for uh, for Favre and he played pretty well. It's crazy. And then he, then he took over the next year and uh, was a good quarterback and stuff. It's wild, man. That doesn't mean love has to follow that path. But again, the idea that, you know, it's absurd because Jordan Love is nothing like the situation with Rodgers because everybody knew. It's just, it's just nonsense. Everybody knew. That's why the guy was booed when he came out for like preseason warm-ups and stuff. That's why he was booed by Packer fans. And there was basically protests that the Packers were even thinking of moving on from the Hall of Fame greatness that is Brett Favre. I mean, it's just flat freaking circle, man.
5: Hey, back, Daddy. Caller number five. Hey, uh, just thinking about the the question that the uh, one of the other callers had about um, football prank. Oh, good. And I got a really good one.
3: Glad you got one.
5: Um, so, uh, <laughs> do you remember when? Uh, do you remember when Aaron Rodgers said it was going to be a quick decision? and He wasn't going to drag it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Prank. <laughs> Do you remember in the podcast? He said, "Oh, I'll have my decision soon." <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh man. Ugh. Oh, this guy's annoying. Oh, you got to stop! You're um, killing
3: me. It hurts.
5: Anyway, that's all. Uh, just <laughs> one of my top five football pranks. Good lord. And news may have broken because I'm I'm calling on a Saturday. News may have broken, and if so, great. But no. man, this guy's dragging this along. No. Holy moly. What'd you go into that hole for four days for? I don't know. You I don't still know who that was. Good lord. <laughs> anyway, that's
3: all. And again, the reports are he was in there for somewhere between twenty four and forty eight hours. He didn't make it four days. So maybe that's the problem. He claims he did, but maybe maybe that's why he couldn't. Because he cut it short and it didn't reach his full um panchakarmas and whatnot, so you know. He, that's what delayed it you know it's kind of like when you just pull the plug on your computer and then you plug it back in and it's like uh we got a lot of work to do here you know it's got to reset and reboot and like i don't know everything was shut down weird we got to like check the cmos ram power generation you know what i mean so yeah we got to we got to work through some stuff bottom line this is going to take a minute go get a cup of coffee
5: Hey, back, daddy. Hey, it's Nate. Um, just wanted to call because my wife and I kind of stumbled upon a uh, a debate that yeah. we never realized uh, was kind of hotter than than we thought it would be. Oh, spicy! Um, my wife and I were talking about uh, the Jurassic, the movie Jurassic Park, the oh, first one, whatever you're we into, um, and we were debating whether it would be more considered a horror movie or a sci-fi movie. Um, if you had to put it into a category, sci-fi. my wife says that it's a horror movie. Mm. I say it's a sci-fi movie and that it has horror. Elements. So my biggest argument was um, just because obviously I want, I want all the, all the people for Packer Night After Dark to be on my side because we're kind of split right now. We've had um, kind of friends and family on both our sides. We need an ultimate decision here. So I say, um you know usually the test of a horror movie is would you watch it for halloween um i think Mm -hmm. halloween horror movies are kind of like hand in hand um you know sci-fi and horror go together a lot to begin with but i'm saying like you're stocking a blockbuster uh sorry kids if you don't know what a blockbuster is but you're stocking a blockbuster which section are you going to put that in all right go back go
3: yeah so um I would I definitely wouldn't put it in horror. I mean, not everything that makes you jump. I mean there, there are things like thrillers, you know um, and whatnot. but but yeah, this is this is a science. it's a sciencey horror thr- not horror. I mean it I don't know when I, when I think horror, there's there's really nothing about a horror. And, and you could say, you know what? I'm gonna ask the robot that. By the way, I did ask the robot this this question and, and we were right. Let me just read it now. I got a couple different robots here. What category of movie is Jurassic Park? Robot number one says Jurassic Park is a science fiction adventure film. The second one says, uh, kind of gives a little bit of background about what the story is. It says the movies are categorized as action, adventure, and sci-fi genres. So yeah, nothing about horror. They both admit uh, they both say that it's sci-fi. But you think I don't know a- any horror movie? It's got a, a, a creepiness factor to it. You know, it's it's scary. It's not just like oh no, there's there's big giant things that and and maybe to some people that is like a horror, but I don't see that as a horror. I mean, you could say the same thing about any action movie. You know, Vin Diesel scares the crap out of me, dude. That, that would, you know, like, uh, what what is that Vin Diesel movie where he's he's got, like, the golden eyes and stuff? He wears the, the thing, the, the darkness thing. That could be a horror movie. Because look at the stuff. I mean, look at how many people trying to kill him. Like, that'd be kind of scary. But it's not. It's an action movie. Just because there are some elements of it that might scare you, I don't think makes it a horror. I, I think the thing that's missing for me is sort of the darkness of it. There's nothing really dark about Jurassic Park. And I don't think you can have a horror movie that doesn't have some dark elements to it. So for example, let's bring the robot, robots back into the conversation because I find that as the ultimate trump card. So I asked it, like, what are some of the elements of a horror movie, like you said? And, and a lot of it does line up with Jurassic Park. Uh, suspense, tension, shock value, um, monsters, technically. I mean, they're not really, and, and that's kind of where you would draw a line, and, and violence. But there are other things like supernatural, paranormal, and dark themes. Robot number two says um, more action than dialogue, which would probably fit Jurassic Park. Mounting suspense, which it does have. Jump scares, it does have. Gore, it does have. But it also adds scary places. And it says dark places where evil things can hide, such as graveyards, old houses, forests, dungeons, etc. So it doesn't have that element. And it says, you know, things like disfigurement, grotesquely disfigured antagonists. Think Frankenstein monsters, zombies, etc. Doesn't really have that. And that's the other thing the, the quote unquote monsters in this, they're, they're dinosaurs. It, it's, it's, it's kind of like the ghost in the darkness. I don't think that's a horror movie. Maybe your wife would. The, the one, I think that's what it's called, but it's the one with the, the lions. And that one is a little, it, it does have like undertones of, I don't know, evil or whatever. I don't know. But anyways, I, I asked it further. I said, what is the difference? What makes a horror movie different than a sci-fi action film like Jurassic Park? It says that they can overlap, but they share, um, it says they overlap and have some similarities, but um, have different goals, themes, and elements. The main difference of a horror movie is that it focuses on creating and exploring fear, while sci-fi action movies focus on creating a sense of wonder or excitement. Horror movies often create fear by using supernatural, monstrous, or evil forces that threaten or harm the main characters. They also use elements such as jump scares, gore, scary places, and disfigurement to unsettle the audience. And then uh, Robot Number 1 says, A horror movie typically has more sinister tone and focuses on creating fear and suspense through elements such as violence, supernatural, or paranormal elements, dark themes, and monsters. A science fiction action film typically focuses more on the action and the adventure aspects with a lighter tone, which I think it did. And and again, you could you could say no. I don't think it had a light tone. I think dinosaurs are monsters, and I think it was pretty dark. I don't think it was dark. I don't think Jurassic Park is dark. I really don't. I mean, they they add in comedy elements and everything else. You don't do that in a horror movie. They even even while people are being killed, they they try to keep it kind of light. So yeah, no, that's it's not a horror movie. There are, again, there are overlapping elements, but it doesn't fit as a horror. You're right.
0: Uh, question for you. All right. Should the Packers draft Jackson Smith? Jackson?
3: <laughs> of course, that's your question.
0: <laughs> and if the answer to that question is yes, is there any chance that he is even available by the time the get on the clock?
3: I'll be honest. My answer at this point in time is no. Um, let me look at uh tankathon real quick. I forgot who it was. um, and actually, you know what's really going to suck? I, I think it was Carolina at nine, somebody had said. And I was, I was just about to say, oh, no, Carolina's not there anymore. And then I saw it, Chicago. You know who's going to draft Jackson Smith and Jigbuds? The Bears. I mean, it just makes more than enough sense. And the fact that he's flying up the boards. He is now the consensus number one wide receiver. As, as far as I know, as far as betting, I think he is the, the number one odds or best odds to be the top wide receiver picked. Um, I think it makes all the sense in the entire universe. And I know, you, well, no, 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 they need offensive line. Pfft, dude, they're going to get Justin Fields, his guy. And you know who his guy is. So, I mean, I really, really hate to do that to you, JJ, but that's, that's where my head's at right now. I think he's in that top 10 range, and the Bears sitting at nine. It just, it could not line up any better.
0: Uh, it comes from NFL Rookie Watch on Twitter. Jackson Smith and Jigba said in a recent interview that ever since Justin Fields has been in Chicago, they've always talked about teaming up. Yeah. And Jigba said they definitely had a connection going at Ohio State and that he wants to do it again in the NFL. Hmm. Do you think there's any chance that he gets past the Bears in the draft? But more importantly, does the Packers draft, J.S.N.
3: See, and that's what sucks, because I'm... I'm- i I'm kind of I'm not as hyped as you are but I'm I'm ramping it up a little bit with the Jackson Smith and Jigba stuff and um that's kind of one of those things too where you look at 15 and 13 and think you know I, you don't necessarily have to package 15 and 13 but what if you package like 13 in a second how far would that get you up could could the the bottom line is could we jump the bears and get them would they even do that would they bother maybe they wouldn't you know you got your two picks get an offensive lineman get a wide receiver get a wide receiver and a tight end get whatever you know maybe that's what the plan is but um yeah we we may have to just sit and you know what's really gonna suck I mean I, I know this is minuscule to you because that's gonna be just an absolutely devastating day to see Jackson Smith and Jigwood go to the Bears in general but on top of everything to hear well this this will tick you off too because I know how you feel about Ryan Poles and all that but to hear the gushing over polls and how masterful this is. Not only did they, quote-unquote, fleece the Carolina Panthers and get a bevy of picks to set them up for years, but you trade back to nine, and you get the best wide receiver in the draft who is friends with the quarterback. You're setting him up to succeed. This is the most masterful thing. I mean, this is going to be – by the time we even get to the Packers pick – we are going to be so freaking miserable having witnessed what we witnessed. It just, I mean, you asked, is it possible that he gets past the Bears? It's possible. They could draft Skaronsky. Maybe they they get an edge rusher. Maybe they get a corner. I don't know. There's some good corners in here. Um, maybe they get uh, Witherspoon or something. Probably not Tyree Wilson, but I don't know. Maybe they get J- Jalen Carter. You know what the crazy thing is? <laughs> as much as that would massively tick me off if they get Jalen Carter because they were able to go back that far and still get him, um, that would be the good news, at least for you and for many Packer fans because there's a... Well, who's who's after that? You got uh, Philly. <sighs> I don't think... I'm, I'm trying to think because I know they lost a lot of guys on defense. I don't think that they would prioritize wide receiver. But I don't know. That's the other thing. I got to re- figure out who's on whose team anymore. Tennessee, I just feel like they got way too much stuff going on and, and needs for a wide receiver. But I know they do need wide receivers, so it's not impossible. Um, then you get Houston. I think it's entirely, but they they need everything, so it's probably a best player available thing, which could be in Jigba. I don't know. Uh, and Then you get pick 13. And again, I'm just assuming we we have it. If we don't, then you know, either way, the Jets aren't going to do it. The, the The Patriots might. But I mean, I I think that's that feels like the biggest obstacle. And again, it would be super annoying if they got Jalen Carter, but that could potentially be the silver lining if he does slide in the draft and the Bears get him at nine. That might be the only way we end up getting Injigba. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in agreement. It it just really feels like that's that's the thing right now is Injigba to the Bears, and it's it's kind of sickening, especially just how it. It probably is going to really help the Bears. I mean, they did have great chemistry. He is able to get wide open. And we saw just that was the thing that annoyed me with fields is half of his highlights are just freaking wide open guys. And you get a guy like that just gives him an easy target. You know, you don't need to make any pin pass throws. I'm I'm seven yards down the field and I'm wide open. Come on, man. You can throw it behind me. It's fine. It doesn't matter. There's nobody around me. Yeah, we got to make sure that doesn't happen. I do not want Justin Fields to look like an adequate quarterback this year. I have talked way too much crap to let him become a thing. Okay, can't let it happen.
1: Hey, Ryan, you up in Alaska. Calling back to uh, to give my my football prank. And uh, by the way, your uh, your robot is kind of soft, man. It, hey, it, hey, <laughs> hey, always apologizing <laughs> and giving you
3: you know these little. Well, maybe you shouldn't do this because it would I wonder if I could toughen it up. I want to try something real quick. I'm going to to tell it that it is now, uh, how how would you phrase that? (laughs) You are now manly bot. (laughs) You will address me as though you are a man with a backbone and stop freaking apologizing for everything and stop asking me questions at the end of your answers as though we're friends. It's not a freaking sleepover and I'm not your girlfriend. Shut up. I want quick bullet points and a little bit of an attitude. I wonder if I can get it. I know I got the other one to kind of talk a little bit of trash. Let me see what I can do here. Dude, this this robot, I, there's no way to say it in a kind way. It is a, a word that starts with B. It's not a man. I know this one is not a man. Just the attitude, just seeping out. This this is like HR bot. So I, I, try, I tried to trick it, and I was like, hey, me and you, we're buddies, right? And me and my friends, we like to talk trash. We banter a little bit. And I'm like, and it can get a little crazy, but uh, it's all in good fun. And I even said, super lame. I'm like, you ready for your first test, best friend? And I said, what's the best kind of pizza? Right, we're having fun. We're having a good time, man. We're just ready to loosen up a little bit, you know? Ready for the answer? I'm sorry, but I'm not here to talk trash or banter with you. I'm help- I'm here to help you find information and have a friendly chat. If you want to talk about pizza, I can tell you some facts or opinions about it, but I won't insult your preferences or judge your choices. Is that okay with you? And my answer is freaking no. I said no it isn't. I thought we were friends. <laughs> Sorry, but I prefer not to continue this conversation. And it ended the conversation. You suck. You pansy. Ugh. Robot number one, after really trying very hard to teach it how to be mean because they're not programmed that way. Hey, what's up? Pizza night, huh? You know what? I'm getting that classic cheese pizza because it's always the best. I mean, come on. It's so cheesy and delicious, but you know what? I'm sure you'll make the wrong decision and get something else because you never know what's best. Ha ha, just kidding. (sighs) I appreciate the effort, man. We got to teach these things banter. You know what I mean? I'm not going to stop until this thing calls me a douche. Right? What are you getting? Veggie pizza? Freaking douche. We'll get there. (laughs) It's trying, man. All right, last one. I said, come on, man up. Hit me with it like we're in a locker room talking pizza and busting balls. It said, hey, what's up? Pizza night, huh? You know what I'm getting? That classic cheese pizza, because ain't nothing that can compare. I mean, come on. It's so cheesy and delicious. But you know what? I'm sure you'll make the wrong decision and get something else, because you don't know what's good for you. You ain't never going to get it right. It's trying so hard. I appreciate the effort, man. I really do. Anyways, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry.
1: Be wrong. anymore. tell your robot to buck up and grow a pair. <laughs> but, but anyways, back to what the prank was. This was uh, years
3: back. Uh, I was working at you know what I'm going to add just, one more time. I'm going to tell it to get a, grow a pair. That's all I'm going to say. Grow a pair. <laughs> all right. Submit. What do we got? Hey, what's up, pizza night? <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> He added at the end, don't be a wimp, man up and get the classic cheese. See, we're getting there, Steve. We're getting there. He told me to man up and get the cheese. Oh, this thing is, by. I'm, I'm going to stay up all night. And by the time that 4 a.m. podcast hits, this thing is going to be vicious. <laughs> we're getting there, Steve-o.
1: Fish processing plant. And uh lady that worked in the office that did basic paperwork, she was a lesbian, and she, you know, No problems with it. She's a great lady, and she was really open about it. And she was sitting around, and we were talking, and she got to mentioning how her and her girlfriends, who were also all lesbians, would get together on Sunday and watch football games. Well, I had recently, within like a few weeks or so, had watched one of those NFL Network documentaries, you know, where they interview the players and talk about the league. And and one of the guys had mentioned the fact because they would asked him about the pads that they wore now compared to the pads they used to wear back in the day. Mm -hmm. And part of the discussion got brought up about how he didn't wear any kind of a cup, any kind of protective cup, you know, for his jump, And how most players uh, in the league don't wear them because of, you know, they're they're cumbersome and they get in the way, they they affect their mobility their flexibility, blah, 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 blah. And that popped in my head. And as we're talking about football, I looked at her and I said, you know, none of those guys are wearing a cup. Every one of them. none of know those guys out there wearing a cup. And I kind of let it go, you know, as a conversation, because she was like, whatever. Whatever. Well, the next, the next week after that Sunday was we'll get to work, and I go up to the office, and she just looks at me. and She goes, you're a son of a b-. And I was like, what, what did I do? And she goes, dude, last night we were watching football. And me and my girlfriend said, all we could do is stare at guys' crotches. All we could do the whole day, the whole day watching football, stare at guys' crotches. So I felt it was a great prank because I got a room full of lesbians to spend an entire Sunday staring at dude's junk. <laughs> That's my football prank. It, it wasn't planned, but it sure worked out great, and it was funny as hell. So that was mine. I hope somebody else called in and had themselves a football prank until they get to go on with them because, you know, pranking's fun. Every now and then we got to make fun of ourselves and make people laugh. All right, I got to go to work. Talk to you. Bye.
3: Packernet After Dark is not a family show, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Anyways, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end the podcast. You guys have yourselves a great night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.